Hi everyone, we're Lana Mercedes and we are the Onion Peelers. We are also the proud owners of The Breathing Space, a growing community of Ashtanga Vinyasa practitioners and spiritual seekers located in the heart of Amsterdam. To find out more about our online and studio offerings and trainings, check us out at www.thebreathingspace.nl. Well, hello. Well, hello there. It's been too long. It has been too long. Oh, every time we say the same thing. We say, sorry, guys. We kind of got caught up on studio and the current situation and... Yeah, but I think that changing that, things and updating schedules and yeah. getting ready for trainings. I know the usual. The usual. Uh, we need to be more. Yeah. Rigorous about our podcast. Yes. yes. We should do. Okay. Let's aim 2022 one episode a month. Let yes. Be, that's I, a healthy. I think this is. A that's healthy, a healthy balance. Definitely. Okay. We can do that. Yes, we can definitely do that. We'll, um, yeah, we'll work on that. <laughs> 2022, crazy. Today we thought we would talk about, um, well, a couple things have come to our attention or we've been, we in our conversations with each other have uh, thought a lot about a couple of um interesting things to chew on or talk about and one of the big things is to talk about kind of what it's like to be a teacher what that kind of what that looks like I think a lot of people don't understand it especially students maybe it's hard to understand what the role of a teacher is and I think for a teacher, it's sometimes hard to navigate the terrain of all the stuff that's going on in the room and the personalities in the room and everything that comes with a human being and to navigate that space. and Yeah, and the dynamics of the relationship between the teacher and the student. Yeah. Yes, that's definitely an interesting topic. And I think it's important to talk about it, especially... You know, in the last few years, sadly, there's been some not so great behaviors from, you know, not just teachers, but uh, human beings out there (laughs) in positions of power. So I think it's important to kind of revisit, yeah, uh, everybody's role and just like you said, how to navigate this dynamic in this uh, space of learning. And then also on top of that, uh, considering the role of a student or a student, the role of us as people practicing yoga as a daily practice and what that perhaps looks like or doesn't look like and specifically then looking at consistency in our practice and why that's important. And also I think uh, really importantly, at least in Europe, that and in the Netherlands currently what there seems to be a lot of are these large um, I don't even know what to call them what are these things called they're like big uh, platforms corporations I guess that maybe they were I think they must be computer programmers or something that started these movements of uh, offering like a pass to 
people where they could go with this pass to basically attend many different classes of different sorts, whether it's kind of like you would get one pass and you would be able to go to your climbing gym and also to a, a yoga studio and take yoga classes. All and to for, the gym and, and to, to several gym. other places all in the same pass. That is at a very reduced rate. Yes. So we have a quite a few things to to discuss. But they all tie together. Yeah, at the end of the day, the day they do. Yeah. Okay, so before we jump into <laughs> this big pool <laughs> of discussion, let me ask you the following. Lana, are you ready to peel this onion? I'm already crying. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. Okay, so where to begin? Should we maybe start by just sharing about what what the role of the teacher is yeah. like, at least in the yoga context, yeah. right? Because yeah. I can imagine that different kind of teachers what? might take slightly different roles, but or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think also I teach uh, at the college level. I, I teach uh, neurology to college students and. I think um, you see this, uh, there are sim similarities. Mm -hmm. I think being a teacher, just in general, comes with its challenges. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And then I think being a yoga teacher comes with a lot of extra challenges. Extra. You know, I, I, there's also been a lot of talk lately and I don't agree with it necessarily, about kind of this whole movement of practice away from practicing with a teacher. I know that this there's a movement within the within the Ashtanga community that is um, seeing that there needs to be some kind of change in mm -hmm. how things are done and Yeah, I think I think we tend to get a little bit too extremist always, right? Yeah. It's because indeed, like we were uh, mentioning before, there have been a lot of you know not so good behavior from teachers in the past. So now there is this kind of tendency to shift to one yeah, pole or the other. Exactly when. When before that it was, it was hanging on to grabbing on totally to the teacher the and this is my teacher. Which yeah. was also, I personally think, it was slightly unhealthy, yeah. right? It's like, who is your teacher? My teacher, your teacher, yeah. my teacher. Like, you know, flagging this as um, some stick for valuing yourself. And now sometimes it seems as though it is a bad thing to have a teacher. And personally, coming from my own experience... I currently do not have a teacher and I miss that. And uh, yeah, I understand the value in it. I, I also understand that it can be a difficult relationship. Um, I mean, okay, let me ask you the following. Which, which relationship, relationship is, is, easy, not, right? it is not difficult? Yeah. I mean, we're human beings. Yeah. It would be great if we were like, I don't know, refrigerators that just had two settings and then... Oh my God. That's it. Oh, freezing this. and fridging. And, <laughs> but no, it's, it's so complex and multi-layered. I think the problem is that we put too much pressure yeah. 
this is with all relationships yeah. this is the way they should be this is my expectations this is what I'm hoping for and I think yeah that's that's a big problem and that's really what um, this is why there's this whole anti-guru movement now because when the gurus you know when we we started discovering this whole guru culture I think at least you know when you hear the story from older teachers and people that were following the gurus they were like blindly following them yeah. almost uh, which I'm also I personally don't think is no. the healthiest of choices no. but now is exactly the opposite of that which yeah like you said I find it really sad I I think it's important to to have a community and people around you to help you in the process yeah um I think, too, you know, as a teacher, hopefully you have more experience than your students. That is kind of the idea. You've been on this path longer. It doesn't mean that you know better, and it doesn't mean that you know better than the student themselves. That's that true. That is not what that means at all. But it does mean that you chew on the kind of the fat and gristle of the the practice you've done that for longer you've kind of figured out more of okay what do i swallow what do i spit out what do what is nourishing what is not nourishing um i think that is such a good point i like what you said that is that you've been doing it longer it doesn't necessarily mean that you know better yeah it's kind of like you're like a big sister saying hey this is this is what i've learned and this is what I've um, I've discovered in this in this process, yeah. I think also the role of a teacher is to look at the things that you. Right, a teacher's not there to blow smoke up your ass. I think a teacher is also there to shine a light on the things that maybe you don't want to see, and to help you look at those things. And I think that, as a teacher, it can be difficult to navigate that space, um, especially in today's culture of, yeah, what can you say, what can you not say? Um, I think it's really um, precarious terrain that we all walk on, but as teachers also. And because, you know, as you mentioned, teachers are... I think P teachers, I think, are put on a pedestal. It's like, oh, well, you are the teacher. You're supposed to know everything. You're supposed to know better. You're supposed to You're supposed be to perfect. Fix me. You're supposed yes. to behave like a enlightened being. And or like know all the answers or fix my injury or yeah. see me exactly as I am. And again, we're talking about people. Teachers yeah. are people. Students are people. And relationships are complicated yeah. and people are complicated yeah. and and also I think there's also different um, how do you say like different eras that you go through different cycles yeah. right as, yeah. as both as the teacher right and also as the student yeah so I think I think it, at least an important quality of a teacher is Indeed, 
not to to find that sweet balance between being supportive and also give a sweet loving kick in the butt when needed. Yeah. And I think also the ability to see people as they are. Yeah. And not to be like, oh, this is what I teach, so I'm gonna treat everybody in this way. No, because it just doesn't work. Because everybody's different. Yeah. And you also even being able to see people on a day-to-day basis. I think this is also yeah. why consistency is so important. Yeah. And, and I think if, as a student, if you really want to get the best out of your teacher, then it is important that you build up a little bit of consistency so that you both can uh, get to know each other and help, it, you know, the teacher can help you better by getting to know you better. Yeah. Otherwise you don't really have all the information. Um, well, you never have all the information, no. but let's say as a teacher, you want to have like a nice big library of information uh, from your students so that you can better uh, see what is going on. I think that's also yeah. really important. I think also if you don't have that consistency for the teacher, the relationship becomes... Uh, uh, it's not that... I don't invest as much, but well, I, I think maybe to a certain extent it does become that way because I know of certain students who don't come in consistently that it's kind of almost like I have to watch them learn to take steps again as opposed to being able to help them to the next step. Or, oh. oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And as opposed to the student then taking the reins for themselves mm-hmm. and... Um, yeah, I don't know how do I, how do I want to say this? Like, like it's different when somebody comes consistently, right? You see, you see them growing, you see the path that they're on. Whereas if somebody is not consistent, it's kind of like you have to clear all the weeds first again before you can see what's going on. Yeah, exactly. There is no evolution. And and by evolution, I'm not saying that you have to improve in a linear way because we all know that doesn't (laughs) happen. Um, but Exactly. It's like you keep going. It's like you give three steps forward and then two back all the time. And you kind of remain on the same, yeah, at the starting point. You're just making everything ready for the beginning. But then you're never really walking further than that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think of it as being like mowing the lawn or something. Yes. You mow the lawn and you you only get like a quarter of the way through and you're interrupted. And then you leave the lawnmower out in the rain and a week later you're like oh I can see there's a difference in the grass but I can't just start where I left off I have to start back from the beginning again and mow over totally I think it's also important as students it's important that we ask ourselves why do we come here yeah. And I'm not saying fine, it's like, sure, maybe you chose that teacher, but maybe you go to that place because it's close to your home. Yeah. Totally valid. But then why do you choose to go there? I feel that sometimes, personally, that, and maybe it's because of our worst in mind, that, and I talk for yoga students because that's my job, so that's what I know. Sometimes yoga students um, act more as clients or customers mm-hmm. than an actual taking the role of a student of like, okay, I'm entering this space because 
Maybe it's because the studio is nice, fine. <laughs> but maybe it's also because you have some suggestions for me or some feedback or, or something to share that might be of value to me or maybe not. Yeah. But within that space of teacher and student, then the teacher needs to take the role of the teacher and the student needs to take the role of the student and not yeah. the, the role of, I'm a customer here, so I'm just going to take what I want and then yeah. the rest... Or, or, no, I won't take that. Yeah. Having said that, I'm not saying that you need to blindly follow and say yes to everything that your teacher suggests, because sometimes we're full of crap. Yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. like anybody, we don't know everything. Sometimes we just make a suggestion. Might be amazing, might be terrible, <laughs> might be somewhere in between. But there has to be that trust and that willingness to be like, okay, let me try this thing that she's offering and rather than no I cannot do that or no I won't do that because otherwise it's like okay then then why yeah it's kind of like what is the point of coming so yes that, so I is it just so that I give you the assist that you want in downward dog or mm-hmm. and again I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to a studio. Maybe you all you want to do is the warm floor and feel the hands in down dog on your hips. That's fine. But then I think it's important that you get clear with yourself on about, why yeah. you go there. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, point. Also to understand what is the role of a student. I think also when you enter the space of a studio, again, the, the teacher is there, or we as the, the owners of the studio, we are there to to help from our base of knowledge and, mm-hmm. and that it would be a shame to not, um, uh, not mine that gold, you know, like, yeah, it's a waste. You can, yeah. you can come in and go through your practice, but you can also come in and, and know that you have the right to ask questions or, yes. um, use the resources that are there to help, to help yourself. And it's not that during practice, it should be a long discussion about stuff and a whole conversation. But I think it's good to realize that you don't have to take suggestions blindly. You can have a discussion or if specifically you come in with a question and you wonder, oh, like, how can I, when this is happening, what do I do? Or Mm. do you know? Or of course uh, the teacher is there as a, as a source for a source of information, ask, yes. ask questions. I, th- I think also that as a student, we need to take responsibility and ownership for our growth and of our growth also in that way, not just of what can the teacher show me or teach me, but how can I make this a relationship that, um, that I also gain insight at the same time. Like some, some, uh, yeah, how do I say that clearly? This is maybe becoming rambling, but it's like sometimes the teacher needs to shine the light on the dark spot, but sometimes just by asking a question to the teacher, you shine the light on the dark spot yourself. You know what I mean? Yes, like, absolutely. Or, or sometimes you shine the light on the dark spot and then you make a suggestion to keep the light there. But then you as a student, you, you have to grab the oh, torch yeah. and hold it. Yeah. It cannot be the teacher holding the torch forever yeah. on that spot. No. 
So again, going back to suggestions, I think, I think as students it's important that not to judge right away and to give it a chance. Because if, if your teacher is telling you something, must be for a reason, whether because they see something that maybe you're not seeing yourself or because they have had experience with a similar situation and it worked in the past, or maybe they noticed something. So then, yeah, give it, give it a chance yeah. rather than just say, no, this is not for me or no, I won't do that. Yeah. Having said that, many times I had suggestions given to me that after a while I'm like, mm, this doesn't feel great, no. so I'm going to put it aside. It's yeah. fine. And that doesn't mean that that was a bad teacher. Yeah. It just means that maybe that one suggestion didn't work at that time. Yeah. It could also be that years later you're like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I understand. And that's, you know, yeah. I like this way of practicing that now. I don't know. I think also that teachers... Uh, or students who do come consistently and where you get to build a long-standing relationship with them and you get to watch them practice and you really get to see, you know, it's all all in the observation. You observe how people are, not just how they move in their bodies, but also all of the patterns that are there. I mean, it's almost predictive sometimes when I watch students practice, they're going to do this now. Or they're going to do this now. Or mm. I know that when they do this, they make this very specific movement. My, my boyfriend makes fun of me all the time. He calls me a detailist. Because I notice these little... I notice those things. But it's our job to notice yeah, these things, exactly. of course. So it's funny then when you see... right? And, and you were talking earlier about how we, we change as students. We change as teachers. We change our, how, our approach to how we teach or... And it's different for every student and, and that sometimes we see students get so entrenched in patterns or fall back into patterns that, uh, yeah, then as a teacher, we have to navigate, oh, how do, how do I help them see this pattern? How do I help them get out of the pattern? And sometimes the method that we use has to change because it doesn't work. Because obviously what we've been saying before is not working, yes. And that's not only dependent on what we're saying, it depends on the student. Precisely. This is when, again, the whole ownership thing is like, at one point, is like, yeah, you have to take charge. It's like, for example, dealing with injuries. Yeah. It's like, of course... I'm sure that there's, you know, sometimes a situation, an external situation, there's a bike, you fell, you injure yourself. But most of the times when we're dealing with injuries and things like that in the studio, we, we as students, I mean, we as teachers, we give suggestions to cope and work through that injury. But as students, we need to take charge of yeah. managing that injury. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with the patterns. It's like, okay, I, you need to make the decision to yeah, own up to it. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard. And sometimes you need a little bit of tough love to say, hey, we've been here before. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It, sometimes it just takes time. Yeah. And sometimes we have to take maybe more drastic measures. Yeah. Get the wooden stick out. Yeah. Like they did in ballet class. No, <laughs> no worries. We don't hit you with a stick. I don't know, but sometimes... Uh, <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes, I think sometimes it will come a little it, handy. Maybe it feels like a hit of a stick. 
Yes. I think it's also important to to remind ourselves, like, no teacher wants to give you a bad time. You know, it's like, it's all really, even the tough bits are really coming from a place of love and sharing and encouragement. Yeah. And I know that sometimes it can feel... I don't know, maybe if we're feeling sensitive or whatever, it can feel like, uh, yeah, personal. But it, but it's really not. It's really, it's really an act of love. I mean, I personally think that teaching is an act of love. Yeah. Oh, it has to be. It's thankless. It's, it's, it's thankless. a little bit like being a parent. Uh, it is. You got, it's just like kids yell at parents. I mean, and yes. tell them the worst, most <laughs> terrible things. Mm-hmm. I hate I you, think, I hate you. <laughs> I think also that sometimes <laughs> we as teachers um, can get can get that end of the stick as well. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is very, it can be very thankless uh, work. But uh, yeah, you, you can't do it unless you no. love it. And at the same time, very rewarding. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I... Yeah, once I've heard, um, I think it was Lizzie Lasseter saying, I don't even know if you can be a good teacher or not. I think there's really good students out there. Yeah. And, and, and in a way, of course, you can also be like, you know, great teacher. But <laughs> I, I think she had such a good point. Yeah. It's really, it's really, it takes two to tango. Yeah. It's really a two-way street. It's like in our teacher training, yeah. you know, the, the most interesting and... And, and really rich trainings really came from the group of students that asked questions and participated and shared and they made it their own they, they made it their own they, exactly yeah. and we're just here to you know help them navigate and ask questions and again give feedback but they do the work yeah and it's the same in the studio yeah Oh, that's true. That's a nice uh, quote. It made me think of in my co-therapy, seeing patients under supervision, that there's always a teacher that comes in and you talk about your findings in uh, osteopathy. You talk about your findings and what your diagnosis is and how you're going to treat uh, the patient. And if you don't have... um, I've had experiences where the teacher... uh, there, there's just no not a connection there between myself and the teacher, and then mm. I, and then I think I hear this uh, quote that you're saying and of being a good student, and then what can I take? What can I? Um, what is the information that I can use in the moment? Whether I, because uh, sometimes I find that I, if I don't connect with the the teacher at that moment, that I also don't quite know where to place the uh, suggestions that they give, Mm. right? Because it's kind of like, "Mm, I don't really know if I want to hear your suggestions, right? You can give them to me, but I'm not so sure about you. (laughs) But of course, we're talking about teachers that you may not have uh, a relationship with. Yeah, exactly. So that makes a big difference. I get it. Definitely teachers that I had no relationship with. So it's interesting that you bring this up because exactly this is why I truly believe that if you want to develop, you know, a deeper yoga practice, you do need to commit, I want to say commit, maybe just like be consistent with, let's say, two, three teachers that yeah. can really get to know you. Yeah. 
so that you build that trust and that relationship to mm-hmm. really get into the the deeper stuff. Otherwise, yeah. it just stays so. Yeah, it's superficial. Yeah, it's like um, I don't know. Yeah, superficial, but not even. It's yeah, like you just stay at the surface yeah. all the time, and it's yeah. like okay, I won't go. And and I'm, I'm sure you know for a lot of people that's actually what, what they, they want, want. yeah <laughs> and fair enough yeah you know to do a little bit of uh shopping every so often yoga shopping yeah but if you want to go deeper into it yeah you you do need to trust at least a small handful of people yeah i also don't think that it's super healthy to be with one teacher for a hundred years no i think it's important to kind of Expand that yeah. a little bit and, and... Get a fresh perspective every once yes, in a while. Yes, of course. Of course. Because at the end of the day, we teach from what we know, yeah. which is... What we know. What we know. <laughs> yeah. Which is our own experience. Yeah. The people we have seen throughout the years coming and going. And that's it. We haven't seen old people. Mm. We haven't lived for a thousand years. So there's a lot that, yeah. you know. So... And this is also what makes it so interesting. Every teacher will have their own uh, perspective to share. And yeah. that's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah. So even though maybe you have learned Ashtanga Yoga from this teacher, that teacher, I'm sure that they all have a slightly different flavor yeah. or, or, or color to add to the practice. And I, and I find that really beautiful. Yeah, that's also really nice about taking workshops with guest mm-hmm. teachers. Is you can also uh, then take that into your kind of your daily practice that you have also with a regular teacher. Those little tidbits can come in. Yeah, and and they stay with you. Yeah. So even if you've taken a workshop with somebody, you know, a, a couple of years back, yeah. if if it really lands with you that yeah. teaching, then you'll you'll carry it with you. Yeah. And that's really what we do, right? Is learning over learning over learning, refining, refining, refining. Yeah. But I think, yeah, going back to consistency, I think consistency is key. And by consistency, it doesn't mean that it needs to be six days a week, always towards practice, jumping yeah. every jump back. And this is obsessive. Yeah. Like real consistency of, okay, I'm going to show up no matter what's happening. Yeah. And um, I'll be open to whatever is available yeah. on that day. Yeah. Whether if it's doing a 20-minute practice or a two-hour practice or... Yeah. I think this is difficult for students to... Um, allow themselves. Yes, to allow themselves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And for us, on top of all of this, because we're talking a lot about things as, as the role of teachers, but then also we have another layer to deal with, yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> navigate, which is, especially the last two years, has been very challenging, is that we're also business owners. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, again, I don't want to make anyone out there feel bad, please. <laughs> <laughs> but... As a student, you also have to consider, okay, why am I coming to this place? Yeah. Who are the people that I'm working with as teachers? And also remember that there's also a business there. Yeah. That 
if you enjoy going there, it needs to stay a business. <laughs> it needs to stay alive, keep its doors open. So it means that there's need to be money flowing But, in yeah. and bills need to be paid and the yeah. heating needs to be turned um, on so yeah. that when you come to practice, you feel cozy. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes, because... It's all already there. That sometimes as students we can forget that yeah. the, you know it's also a business. Yeah. Because we're also happy and we have yeah. our friends there and the people that we love and we share so much. But also, I think what I'm trying to say is that if you have a community or a studio or teachers that you love and you want to support, then support them. And so by supporting them, we mean like Pay your membership like getting a membership for <laughs> yeah. supports your local studio this has been a, a really big challenge lately i think also what corona has done these corona covid isolation times have done is made people I don't even think this is new. I think this was already starting to happen before then. The art attention spans are are small. Our desire to want everything so conveniently. I mean, I think like think of isolation time and lockdown time, how much um, delivery services oh my God. just exploded. I mean, you have on demand whatever kind of food you want whenever you want it it's it gets crazy. delivered to your door and i think that kind no, of no it's even groceries within 10 minutes yeah, now you can get but groceries. i'm like if you're if you're in a lockdown and you're requested to stay inside your home wouldn't you be happy to go outside to get oh to get your groceries yes yeah, that I would know. be the one moment but yeah i think this we have we are now living in a convenience culture So everything is very okay. convenient. Like we, we want to have everything at our fingertips whenever we want it, whatever we want, whatever flavor ice cream we want, we want it there right But then. didn't conveniency put us in a big of a mess? I mean, it's, it's like anything that is convenient, <laughs> it's normally it's not really great for you no. <laughs> right think about convenient food in the 70s it's right. like come on now we know that it's not healthy nutritious yeah. food and all other kinds of things yeah yeah it is convenient but is it is it good for you yeah so now hopping onto this whole bandwagon we have these large corporations i don't even know what to call them it's like a It's like a platform for, right, if you want to do all of the, you can basically have all of your gym, sport, fitness, yoga memberships rolled into one by using these large name, we won't name them. <laughs> oh, I'll name them. Oh, yeah. Class pass and one fit. Uh, yeah. And there are other <laughs> ones. I think now there's even more ever sports, yeah. even more and more of these uh, types of platforms coming online they basically they close deals with studios so studios open a certain number of spots in their classes to these um, large conglomerates and the large conglomerate will give you a certain percentage of um, what you would normally make on a student 
coming off the streets or a person who would actually purchase a membership in your studio, you get a small percentage of that. And You're selling it too well. Oh, it's yeah. not even a small percentage. It's a very, very small percentage. I mean, it doesn't even cover, it doesn't even cover a coffee. Yeah. No. That's how low it is. I, I don't want to, like no, I said, I don't want to, yeah. this is not to promote ourselves or to say that please go there. It's just to put it out there and to give you yeah. guys things to think about. Yeah. So uh, what a lot of studios have been now forced to do because some larger studios have mm -hmm. decided to basically open up 90 plus percent of their spots to these conglomerates. Um, and they don't really have uh, actual studio members. members members anymore. And after Corona and COVID, with all of the struggling and a lot of businesses really struggled, that uh, more and more studios decided to open up spaces for these large conglomerates. And uh, it has made the competition almost impossible and forced studios like us who said we wouldn't open more spots or wouldn't allow spots for some uh, of these um, platforms have now done that because we've all I think now all studios pretty much in Amsterdam yes. are, are doing this yeah even we've, the last few that they were sort of against it now yeah. everybody's no, everybody uh, everybody's been, on board. Uh, in order to survive are now being forced by these types of platforms to uh, accept peanuts for guys is really is peanuts. nothing is really peanuts and then and then people also complain luckily we don't really have that problem here but like you said before a lot of these series are cramping people in because they really make uh, a very low amount per person And then, you know, then people complain that there are too many people, but it's like, yeah, if you want the personal attention and yeah, then you need to, you also need to think of, as a, put the, be in the place of the business owner and say, okay, why are there so many people here? Where are yeah. these people coming from? Well, we also at our studio don't have, it's all, the majority of our students are actually membership students, but then we also have, I think what... I think what is important to note is that a lot of people who have this type of platform do come to our studio and they love it. And then they come regularly with mm. these passes, which basically we make uh, about three euros on average yes. per person that comes in on one of these platforms, which is nothing. Yes. Uh, Mercedes and I have our heart and souls into this uh, business and also it didn't come from it a, yeah. a what do you call it um it didn't come from a cabbage no it didn't come from a nest egg we do not have there investors. were thousands of euros <laughs> invested several thousands of euros invested to create a space that we believed was missing in amsterdam and we really wanted to make a home where people would come in and feel comfortable um And yeah, just cozy. So also, also bear in mind that, sadly, because this is the world that we live in, there is also money involved in this. Yeah. 
And also to be able to do what we love, which yes. is to teach. Yes. But we do have to feed ourselves. <laughs> I think I think what people don't understand when they they see these attractive prices and I think it's a great idea. A lot of people sometimes use these to be able to test out if they're new totally. in an area. They they I use think, the, I such think a that's great. to yes. test out different nice. studios and find a studio that they like. That that's a great idea. But then I feel like it, once you find the studio that you like, please support those teachers. And whether it's our studio or another studio, if you really like the studio, if you like the space, if you feel a connection there if you feel that you can learn something there that you grow there you feel good why not choose to actually cut out the middleman and help these poor people and support the studio <laughs> itself yes please do that please like well also i mean the equation is very simple you like it You buy then it. <laughs> you like you buy <laughs> you like it then yeah you need to continue that uh, that exchange in order to support it financially basically yeah. we don't support the studio financially yeah our community does. does yeah. Uh, yeah i mean i wish that we could <laughs> you know do this is a hobby yeah yeah exactly and then it's fine but it's very simple if people are not coming through the door we can pay the bills we cannot pay the rent we cannot pay the taxes we cannot pay the booking system and so many other things that we need to take care of before we even pay, pay ourselves, ourselves. Yeah. again it's not to make you guys feel bad but i think it's important that we all take responsibility as our role in these yeah. communities and say okay what am i looking for Who am I looking for? If you find that community, that place, what can I do to support them? Yeah. And then having said that, you know, if you're going through a bad time, then also, um, you know, be open to your community. I'm sure there's, you know, something that can be done, a barter deal or a discount for a few months. Yeah. So, yeah, be, be open and supportive. Taking responsibility. And take responsibility. Your, exactly. Yes. Oh, that was quite a rant. Oh, Sorry, guys. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> This is, a, yeah, it's an evil trap that we all seem to find ourselves in. Um, I think the only way to get out of it would be if all the yoga studios in Amsterdam banded together and decided on that. Which, you know what? I A few years ago, I was in contact with a few studios, but it, it, it kind of it grew too much now. Yeah. It's, 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 I think that train is already gone. Yeah. And, you know, I think the, the, the corona crisis has added another big challenge, which is the online yeah. uh, thing as well. Because also now you can practice with really senior teachers yeah. from the comfort of your own home for probably just a third of the price yeah. because those teachers don't need to pay studio sure. rent and all of those things. So again, I think it's important that whatever we choose to do, that we need to consider it and not just blindly consume, consume, consume. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm going to study with teacher online for this reason. And I am aware that by doing this, I'm also not buying that membership at that physical studio. Or maybe I will do the, the monthly flexible membership to go everywhere. And then after a couple of months, I will commit to a couple of places. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, if you think about already there's such a big uh, offering, a little too much for the demand. Yeah. Then also there's the online offerings. Yeah. On top of that. And we have these big membership flexible thingies, which, um, yeah, make it challenging. It is quite a challenge. More than a challenge. (laughs) All right. And in these challenging times, we're here for you. We are. We're still holding on. Hey, we we are still holding on. As long as we can, we'll do it. Yep. As long as we can keep the doors open, we will. Yes. And we can still pay the heating, even though it has. We can still currently pay the heating. (laughs) Even though it has gone up how much? Oh my god. Like 30%? A lot. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. So. It's it's been one challenge after other after other. <laughs> hey, never a dull moment. But yeah, okay. So to make a long story short, um, let's all be responsible and consider why we go places, why we do things, and how can we support each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is really what we do. I yeah. mean. How can we be in relationship with each other, in a, hel- in a healthy relationship? And also be in a healthy relationship with each other, not just when things go great, no. but also yeah. when things go really, really bad, <laughs> like right now, yeah. <laughs> like the last two years. Yeah. You know, let's not even talk about all the other corona things. That's also... <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's important to remember that we are in this together. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Food for thought. Definitely food for thought. Some, some stuff to be stirred around in the pot. Anything else that we want to add about the teacher? Oh, yeah. Speaking of the trials and tribulations of being a teacher, we do have a teacher training coming up. Yes. It's starting in just a few weeks. And um, if you haven't checked it out or if you're interested, then please do so. You can look at our website, www.thebreathingspace.nl, under education, and you'll find uh, information there. And obviously... Do not hesitate to reach out, whether it's a question about practice, whether it's a question about practicing here, or upcoming workshops, or any of that good stuff, suggestions for the podcast, please drop us a line, send us an email. You can do that at info at theonionpeelers.nl. And please, if you have a moment to spare, it would be great if you could leave us a review and just give us a few stars. And um, A few stars. A few. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. What is the maximum? Five. Click them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is it? iTunes. On iTunes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that really helps us to kind of pop up in the pool of podcasts. Oh, yeah. When people research. All right, 2020, you'll be hearing a lot more from us. You mean 2022? Oh, yeah. Geez. 2020 <laughs> oh my God. has gone, darling. I know, since Corona, <laughs> I really struggle. I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know. I also, I, I don't, don't even understand what is a week, a month, a year. <laughs> it's like, it's all one big blob of time. <laughs> anyway, 2022. <laughs> exactly. Here we come. Once a month. <laughs> Um, again, let us know if there's any topics that you would like us to 
put on the pipeline for you. Okay. Well, as always, be well, be safe, be happy. All the best. This is Mercedes. This is Lana. See ya. Bye.